So you're ready to ask the biggest question of your life. The only question before that question. How do you find the perfect ring to ask it with? With the incredible selection of diamonds at Jared and our price match guarantee, you can dare to stop searching and find the perfect diamond at a price you'll love. Visit your local Jared store today and dare to be devoted. We promise to match any price on a like loose certified diamond of the same quality from any other jewelry retailer. See jared.com slash price match for details. Hello, and welcome to Everyday Connection with your hosts, Rico Shields and Jean Victoria Norlock. Bringing your inner life to your everyday life. Welcome, everybody, to this Tuesday edition of Everyday Connection on May 21st, 2013. I'm Rico Shields. Actually, I'm I'm not on every day, but it's today the 20th. Uh, so, and over there is Jean Victoria Norlock. How are you, Jean? <laughs> I was going to try to be I'd funny. I'd be better but... if my partner would get his shit together. <laughs> Well, yeah, that's the thing. I was going to try to be funny, but if you have to try to be funny, then it's not going to be funny, so you might as well give up. That's right. Absolutely. Give up while you're ahead. Boom. Yeah. (laughs) How are you? Good, good. I'm going to have to figure out how to put that date thing in there. We've decided now that we do so many shows on so many days that rather than just saying Tuesday or Thursday, you used to always just, we started off with Welcome to Everyday Connection. Because when we did it once a right. week. And then I started doing the Thursday, Thursday thing because we had two different shows. And it finally struck me, that doesn't really make sense. It's Tuesday and Thursday every week. You should say something. <laughs> and so we talked about the date thing. And Jean said, yeah, you, yeah, you should say the date. And it's You're struggling um, to get it to yeah. flow out. Eh? Yeah, it's it doesn't like- want to. You know what, because it, it's hard doing what we do, which is going to sound crazy to people because, I mean, because of the show, we have to, like, be here at a certain time on a certain day, blah, 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 blah. Um, but the rest of our existence really is kind of a 24-hour open call kind of thing. I mean, I'll get up at 3 and make video and then sleep during the afternoon. It's just the kind of yeah. life that we have. Because of work from home, we're able to kind of – screw around with our schedule a little bit other than being here on the air when we need to be on the air. So it's really easy for us to forget what freaking day it is. I mean, I really don't pay attention to the date per se, except for like a couple dates a year, like my daughter's birthday, my husband's birthday, and my best friend's birthday, (laughs) sometimes Christmas. And um, But I need to know if it's Tuesday or Thursday, really. That's it. Yeah. So, is it a show day or not a show day? And and the right. rest. Right. So I don't usually pay attention to the date, and I'm certainly not used to saying the date. So I'm glad yeah. you're doing it, not me, because. Um, I still look up at the satellite clock that's on the wall over there. I have a, one of those satellite or or atomic adjusted whatever those supposed to always be right clocks that I use to figure out when I'm supposed to be on the radio. Otherwise, I don't have very many clocks and watches and things. No, it's 
I mean, time. Who needs it, right? Right. I mean, uh, well, it's I, for I, it's for making appointments, and that's. Well, yeah, but I don't. I don't really need an alarm clock. I have dogs. So you I mean, even if that. I need to get up early, even if I need to get up early, I'll just you know, okay, instead of kicking the dogs up and going, dogs at the door and going back to sleep, I get up because they always get up at the same time every day. Um, and. It's just kind of one of those things. You get accustomed living out here to not having to, other than keeping appointments, basically. Other than that, I don't, I really don't look at, at the date. Well, it's kind of like when we're in Costa Rica, our hostess, you know, I said something about the only reason I'm wearing my cell phone around while I'm down here is so I can see what time it is. And she said, well, what does that matter? <laughs> like, oh, true, so, right? But, well, Speaking yeah. of the dog, there they go. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, I was off and running. Not sure why. Never can tell for sure. It's always a surprise no. when, when it's it is. us it having is. our morning coffee and plotting what we're going to do uh, on the show. They go off, and it's always a big adventure for me because I get to sit behind while she goes and discovers. So I wait for the report. What was it? This day? it was the wind. <laughs> okay, <laughs> fun. <laughs> what What's interesting though is that the the two bigger dogs have finally clued into the fact that the Chihuahua's a messed up neurotic nutcase who barks at everything. So now they don't even acknowledge. If they give him a few minutes, and if he stops barking, then they don't even like they don't bother. So that's awesome. Finally, anyways, do you think he passed the patient's test? We're just right smack on, I think. Are uh, we? Yeah. I wasn't looking at the time. <laughs> See? <Surprise. laughs> uh, good. But this, it's an improvement, though, this variety at the beginning of the show. We used to talk about the weather for seven minutes or so every mm. show. and uh, Which mostly, can still be exciting in Canada because you never know what the weather's going to be from one minute to the next. So in that seven minutes, it could have changed. Right, right. Well, it was mostly because I used to pick on you a lot about it would be warm down here and freezing yes. up there. And yes. now it's just warm everywhere at the moment, yeah. anyway. Mm-hmm. We'll get back to it when I'm down in the jungle and it's December and you're freezing or January. And you're freezing. Oh, whatever. Oh. I wonder if it's warm in Peterborough. Can I probably, get you back probably. to the guest? Oh, okay. <laughs> we're gonna have, we are going to have fun tonight. She, she's nudging me along, too, because she's excited about the show, and, and I am, too. Well, uh, yeah, because uh, change of pace a bit. Uh, uh, For sure. With us this evening, we have a, uh, uh, among other things, a paratographer, which would be a new word on me for paranormal photographer, Cameron Bagg. How are you, Cameron? Hey, good evening, guys. Ladies and gentlemen, um, great Peterborough, by the way. I'm hunkered down in my basement right now. And if you happen to lose me, we could have had a power outage. So my apologies in case that happens. But um, fingers okay, crossed. Okay, so you got a storm going on? All right. Oh, yeah. Cool. Yeah, major storm. Well, I'll tell you what. If we do lose you on the Internet, we'll call your uh, phone that we have the number for, and oh, we'll get you back course. that way. So no worries. Just wait for our call. We'll, we always get our guests back. <laughs> yeah, my mailbox is already blown away, so but everything else is secure. <sighs> That's that's crazy. I thought it was windy up here. Wow. Yeah, we got the rain, the wind, and everything, but um, 
Okay. You, y'all keep it. Don't send it this way, okay? No. <laughs> you guys were speaking about um, time. I woke up today and then re- remembered, looking at the calendar, we just came out of the Victoria Day weekend. And, I, you know, you, you get lost in the weekend. You're having so much fun. And then all of a sudden it's Tuesday morning. you got to function in the world again. And I look, open up my date book, and then it's like, oh, my God, the Internet radio show is on tonight. And, uh, and then, you know, a million other projects before that, too. And so, yeah, you you can lose track of time very easily. We lose track of time all the time. Um, it seems mostly to be because easier. we cease to acknowledge the fact that time actually exists. We seem to refuse to accept um, <laughs> that time exists. So we'll we'll disappear for hours at a time and go where did the time go? Ah, time flies. Um, yeah, I got a million of them. So <laughs> before I completely annoy all of our listeners, <laughs> but boom, I'll just ask you a first question and then we'll go from there because I'm really excited that you're here. Um, we've never had a you on the show before. Okay. And that's kind of cool. And I hope it up. I hope it opens up the doorway for more use um, because you do something really cool. So, uh, who on earth are you, and what is it that you do? Well, um, well, I'm Cameron Bag, and I guess after 25 years of researching the paranormal, I I now consider myself a haunt scene investigator, and one of the one of the skills I've developed in that role is um, that of a paratographer. And I just sort of came up with that word, you know, you know I'm in the last year, to be honest. Um, I, I used to do spirit photography experiments when I would go out in the public and do lectures and workshops. And part of the spirit photography sessions I would hold, it was really just simply a person standing up against a, a black curtain and I would take their photograph with a with a flash camera, and I would be um, looking to make contact with spirit, either as an apparition or as a spirit orb. And um, I was surprised to see that I would get that sort of information coming through around the person who was doing the sitting for me. And I clued into some, some interesting phenomena by asking the different participants to concentrate on different subject matter and as I went along I realized I stumbled upon what I call the spirit frequency where everybody that that worked in this spirit frequency had spirit just flying through their photographs and um, and then it's it's developed even further from there it's it's been really exciting and um, it's been a great 25 years of of learning things and testing things and um, you know, every day I look forward to some new adventure related to the paranormal. So how did you get into it, though, man? I mean, this is not, I, I'm, well, I guess it is. For some people, it's I, it's an innate inborn ability to be able to tap into that frequency, as you say. And I love the fact that you use the word frequency since we use it all the time on the show oh, yeah. um, to describe different levels of of understanding and spiritual practices it's usually a frequency thing as well so i think that it's really cool that you as a paranormal investigator are using the same terminology because it is all energy anyways which is awesome but how did you get involved with that like were you like this little kid who's like 
seeing this stuff and going, okay, I want to know more about it, or did you just have? I tell me a story. Oh, I, honestly, <laughs> I, I'm I'm literally the reluctant psychic, the reluctant ghost hunter. Um, I I grew up in a home where spirit really wasn't talked about. Um, I think I lived in a family where I think if the subject came up at the dinner table, if I said to my dad, what do you think, dad, or ghosts real? He might lower the newspaper and give me a disapproving snort, you know, like, oh, please, and get back to reading his newspaper. It was just a subject that never came up. If anything, I don't know why I'm not more skeptical, perhaps. Um, so I grew up in that sort of household, and it wasn't until I moved out at the age of 23 I was getting... I was getting married and soon to start a new family. I was busy working. Um, but the apartment that I moved into with my wife, as soon as I moved in there, there was there was a big change. And all I can it's the same change I can talk about when you when you're in a haunted location, you feel the energy change. It's different. And so for my first nights in, in the in the new bedroom, um, I felt like somebody was watching me. Um, I often would feel when I was showering that somebody was was in the bathroom or peeking in at me. So I started showering and not getting water in my eyes so I could keep an eye on the bathroom. But then, also then through the week, um, it was often through the night between, you know, 12 and 5 a.m., I'd, I'd be awoken through the night by the sounds of dishes rattling in the kitchen sink. Or it might be the distinct sound of a, of a cup being placed on our marble coffee table we had. So I'd get up and I'd start looking for who's in my apartment. My wife was next to me. The cat was in the corner. Um, so I'd go down and quite often I would, I would check the balcony. Um, I started to think somebody with a key making a sandwich and then slipping down the hallway, locking the door behind them. So I tried to pursue different lines of questioning and thought. And it was a puzzle. And I, and I really, the first year of all this phenomena, I wasn't thinking of any along the lines of anything paranormal. I was actually thinking maybe I'm paranoid. Um, maybe maybe there's something wrong with me mentally. Um, and so it was wasn't until we had more physical things happen to us. Whereas um, I can remember after we had our daughter, and one day I was home and I had changed her diaper and I was carrying her through to put her back in her little walker on the floor. And I physically stepped over the baby bottle to put her in the walker. And I had to lift my leg up to do this. And then as I put her in, the thought in my head was, I'm going to give her, give my daughter her bottle. And no longer was the bottle on the floor. It was up on the table next to us, instantaneous. I didn't see any movement. But I'm lifting my leg up back and forth thinking, I just stepped over this. How did this happen? And, um, and another physical oh. one. Another funny it one. It was a helpful ghost. Definitely. That's... It was. She was a very... nanny? She um, was a nanny at one time or a mother? I wouldn't be surprised if she was a mother. Um did find out later, you know, um why you know, why I like ghost research is just asking more questions. And um when we finally put some of the pieces of the puzzle together, we thought, well, let's ask the superintendents who lived here before us. And sure enough, there was an elderly couple, and the man, he was sick, and he was in a nursing home to spend his last days. Well, he was down there. Um, they remembered the wife died in the kitchen of what they thought was a sudden stroke. And so a lot of the activity was in the kitchen area. 
um, was a female presence, and um, she was very helpful. Um, she liked me because there was an occasion where the wife was bent over my daughter's crib, and um, apparently an unseen person gave her a good smack on the rear end, and she came running down the hall, and she's looking at me, and I'm like, what? She goes, you just smacked me on the bum. And it's like, no, not this time, honey. And um, we just kind of looked, you know, still not thinking ghost. But it wasn't until, I guess, my aha eureka moment came when um, I had my 8-year-old niece staying with us. And we went up to the apartment to get her bag so I could take her home to her family. And as we're going in the apartment, I hear a female voice call my name, Cam. And I knew nobody was there, so I just dismissed it. But my 8-year-old niece goes, Uncle Cam, somebody just called you. And so for me, that was great validation. It wasn't I was hearing things. You heard that too. And all of a sudden, all of the strange phenomena registers with me as, I've got a ghost. It took, it took me almost two years to figure that and out. And of course, because she's a, she's a kid, and kids don't naturally block that stuff out until society kind of beats it out of them, that that stuff's not real. Um yeah. See that a lot, actually, in yeah, in what we do me, is that kids are so connected. Makes me think of the twins. So connected. That, yeah, they, well, I think children learn. Yeah, the they talk to ghosts all the time. Well, they had them when they were little kids and didn't know what they yeah. were. Yeah. Yeah, we have a, a pair of sixteen-year-old um, twins that come on the show occasionally, um, and they they have interesting encounters. <laughs> with ghosts all the time ghosts just come up and start talking to them and they um were raised in a household where that was okay mm-hmm. so uh they didn't they didn't block themselves off but i find it really interesting that your aha moment came um came at the hands of a, a child that went you know <laughs> somebody's talking to you like yeah and that makes sense to me what i don't get though and this i got to ask you this you said you have a cat how did your cat not did you not see any change in behavior in your cat? Well, Or did you just think that was because it was a new place? Well, here's the thing with that cat. Um, I love cats and dogs. That cat was my wife's cat, and it really hated my guts. Um, it was the type of cat that oh, if, it, okay. if it took offense to you, and it saw me as a threat to it being a male, I think. He, w- he was a male, and um, he, would, okay. he would, like, poop on your pillow if he was upset with you and he was just really cantankerous and he was the only i swear he was the only cat my whole life that i didn't connect with um otherwise like you know i I love every cat i've ever met other than him and it was more an issue with him i was ready to be friends but he was standoffish and um you know so i just looked at his weird behavior as being maybe he didn't like me but maybe there was a spirit around me at the time right yeah, it's a good question. Right, that well, because they've got well, they've got one foot in and one foot out. Like we, I, I call our alarm system a bit diverse. We have an alarm system here at the house. Mm-hmm. Um, our our actual alarm, our audio alarm is our nine year old Chihuahua who, yeah. you know, will bark, yap, try and break into the house. You're screwed. Uh, then we have a a year old Shepherd who does perimeter runs. And so she'll run around the perimeter of the property, and she's kind of our, our perimeter guard. Like, she's the gate guard. You'd have to get through her to get in to the property. And then we have a big, cantankerous old shepherd who is our my my personal bodyguard. 
Um, But we also have our spirit guard, which is our cat, Stevie. And he's kind of, you know, we live in a vortexy kind of place. So occasionally you see stuff here and it's just kind of out of the corner of your eye. Um, But since Stevie moved in, the place is a lot, the actual interior of the house is a lot calmer. Mm-hmm. In, in the house, so he's kind of our spirit guard. He keeps he keeps the energies really even and balanced. Um, so and and I know from from growing up that one of the things that my own cat used to do during the witching hour, interestingly enough, between usually one to four a.m. Mm-hmm. because three is you know a really active time, but she, she would guard the guard the bedroom door of my house. And we lived next door to a place that used to be a a morgue. And we had some interesting experiences in that house. And so at night, my cat would guard. And it was only on nights that she wasn't guarding that I would have funky experiences. So I've always considered cats to be kind of, you know, spirit guardians. Definitely. They keep the key things at bay. I, I believe the same thing, honestly. Um, I have a dog and I have a cat. My cat just passed away this last year, but that was that was their role. I used them as um, a monitor, to be honest, like you say, a security system for any any strange behavior in the house. I would watch. I would watch them. I would I would let them do their job. Yeah, they're very they're very effective. Yeah, that's why I'm. I'm Oh yeah, and, and that's why I was like, I was kind of like, "What? Your cat didn't tell you?" And confirmation for so like many you, of us. Then... And well, and maybe the cat didn't like him. Like he said, maybe there was some spirit, something hanging around him that the cat didn't like. Uh, yeah, it's possible. But uh, totally possible. it can be such great confirmation for okay. folks too if you learn to watch your animals. You know, to am I losing my mind? Oh well, no, my. Dog's freaked out too, so something's freaky. <clears throat> yeah, I'm doing a um, well an investigation right now, um, where a little dog um, is seeing the spirits in the house, and they're actually antagonizing this little dog, causing it to have anxieties. And um, so when I go in there, I can tell where the dog is looking, and it's looking right up where we found the portal. And um, so the dog has been fantastic for confirmation, you know, going out and doing an investigation even. Um, animals are phenomenal. <laughs> Maybe I should get you up here. Because <laughs> Chico's always barking at stuff that's not there. <laughs> well, in all these years, I always just chalked it up to him being a crazy, Chico. neurotic little chihuahua. Yeah. But I was going to say, you all these years you've been a kid in poor Chico, being a neurotic dog. Chico's maybe just real yeah. sensitive, very aware. You never know. Maybe, maybe. Totally possible. It's totally possible. Two is is sort of part of the. I love the fact that you're you know it took like two years for you to light on the there's a ghost around here. Oh yeah. Um, and and really the whole haunt scene investigation is more about you know what's what's really going on here. Not you know, it's one thing to have. And and I think we lose sight of this sometimes because we get so many people that just you know well I've always believed so and so or uh, or I had a near death experience or I you know they've got some big thing 
that was the moment. And um, uh, but at least my early experiences, even with spirituality and things like channeling and other stuff, people were they were like thinking they were going crazy. <laughs> and yeah. and and literally Hell like no, I won't go. <laughs> going to doctors and stuff and going, look, am I losing my mind? And <laughs> um, uh, and I think there's something healthy in that. You know, oh, yeah. question everything, everything. Definitely, definitely, and even even to this day, I I have to remain objective in every investigation. I do at least one investigation a week, and I do about a clearing twice a month, and um, I have to be objective going in. But you know, I used to be more skeptical. Like I I would go in, maybe a little more guarded and wondering, is this person out to pull my leg? Is this person crazy, perhaps? And I'll be honest with you, in all the investigations I've done. I've only encountered sincere people, good living people that honestly are, are just into something. The paranormal has come into their life and it's been overwhelming for them. And they're just looking for either an answer, what is it, or they want help to get rid of it. Um, they're not out for fame or glory. Um, and, you know, and, and people are conditioned, like we were talking about children, they sort of, the world beats it out of you that, you know, you're not supposed to talk about ghosts or you're not, that you can see them, um, just like it is with children, even society. You know, if you have a paranormal encounter, the worst place to talk about it is usually at work because you're going to have some joker singing the Ghostbuster song every day the rest of your life you're there. Um, so, well, and ridiculed on television and movies and all the time growing up. and Yeah. Oh, to this day, yeah, so... Um, I, I like to think I like to help people come out of the closet with their with their ghost encounters. You know, I'm I'm somebody that they can talk to, and and I'll hear them out. And with with most cases now, I can make a very clear diagnosis of what phenomena they're experiencing, whether it's a ghost or a spirit. Um, perhaps it's a thought form. Perhaps it's a dimensional being. Um, perhaps it's one of the shadow beings. Um, and so like. I can pretty much diagnose any haunting now very instantly, and then I can relate my own experiences from over the years and and you know the person's just like, "Oh my god like how do you how do you know this? I don't even have to use psychic abilities i can I, I base it on the behavior of the ghost and the spirits well, and it must be a, a tremendous source of relief for people that sort of have been in the broom closet uh, and hiding in there with their... Uh, because I know when I used to keep things to myself, my imagination is pretty fertile. And, you know, so I was everything from losing my mind to, to uh, you know, having brain damage or, you know, these are some kind of storm of micro strokes. I'm losing it. <clears throat> yeah. Oh, yeah. And a lot of people are and, and with... With regards going back to children, um, a lot of children, you know, when you think about, they see the the par they have their paranormal encounters through the night. And when they call for mommy and daddy to come, there somebody comes in the room, and mom and dad aren't seeing anything, and they're they're telling their son or daughter, "Look, there's nothing here. Go back to sleep," you know. And, and the child is now feeling a little strange. Why aren't you seeing that? Grim Reaper standing in my closet there. I can see it clear as a bell. And so the child learns not to 
can't really call mom and dad. They've got to deal with it themselves. And they also learn that telling on that shadow being in the closet or underneath their bed or in the corner of their room, um, it doesn't like to be told, told on. So the child learns to not talk about it and maybe perhaps pull the covers up over their head, say a prayer, um, tell it to go away and and, you know, really just cross their fingers or deal with it the rest of their life, in the case of an attachment, perhaps. Right. And, and, and you know, it's so um, so unfair, this thing that we've, we've done to our children. And, I mean, it was done to us, too. Uh, and it's kind of, you know, it's done generation after generation that this is done to our... And, but it's up to us as adults to stop it, you know, and say... When our kids see things, when they notice things, when they tune into things, when they have really cool abilities that they are innately born with, most children are innately born with these abilities to connect and to and to see things in dreams and and to connect to spirits and to be able to you know communicate with what we would view as the unseen and the unknown. Most children are born with this ability. If we could just encourage them and allow them to express it and explore it, it would open up a whole new world for us of abilities and capabilities for communication and just being able to live Mm -hmm. a different way, I think. Because, I mean, I... At the very least... I would love to see things the way I used to see them as a child. At the very least, for the... Uh, skeptical parents out there, the, the doubting Thomases and Thomasettes. Um, if the kids in tears are otherwise disturbed, then there's been a experience that was real. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, go lay your hands on something or not. For the minute, leave that out. When it's the middle of the night and your kid's just freaking, that's not the time to say, what are you, crazy? No. <laughs> on some some investigations, the child you know has been sent for counseling um, before I get involved, and I'm all for that. You know why not? Um, but then then when you you pursue the investigation and you find the paranormal side of it, and you remedy the situation, um, it gives it gives great validation to the child too. Um, Say uh, there's a case I had out in Pembroke. And it was an interesting one that I dealt with. The the young boy had never had any encounters with the paranormal. And then suddenly, in the month of November, he started saying he was seeing people in his room. He was hearing voices in the night. And that was when his parents thought, okay, we're off to see the doctor. Um, I knew the young boy's aunt. And she came to me. We were working together, actually, at a hospital. And she said, um, you know about this. What what should I do? And I said, well, you know, tell you what, can you go up? It was quite quite a ways up there. It was Pembroke. It was a few hundred kilometers away. So I said, can you arrange to go up there and spend the weekend in in your in your nephew's room and see what you encounter? And so sure enough, that was arranged. The, the boy went to a friend's house for the weekend, and the first night, my friend um, slept in the boy's bed. Um, she said at 1 o'clock in the morning she was woken by a disembodied arm shaking her, and it was saying, are you my friend, are you my friend? And she had presence of mind to say, yes, yes, I'm your friend, but listen, 
you can't be here, you can't be doing this, you're scaring people, you need to, to move on, you, you shouldn't be here doing this. And as she's talking to this disembodied arm, she saw it pulling back and disappearing into the darkness, and she said she sensed the energy change, it became lighter, and all of a sudden it just it was just gone, and that same feeling of let that apprehension was gone. And as it disappeared, she said all of a sudden she could hear chattering coming from the floor vent, and nobody else was up in the household. And then she said she heard that fade away into the distance as well. And so long story short, after that, by addressing it, um, that, that quieted the haunting down tremendously. And we found out that what happened in October, that, that a change in the boy's life was he inherited a bed and mattress from a family member that had passed away. So that there was an attachment with the bed in that case. So it was it was wow. really cool, really cool one. And um, that's just a case where you know, yeah, the boy went, he went to get some medical attention for possible hallucinations, and um, but there was a paranormal side to it. It's a fascinating. Why do you think it it is fascinating? But I mean. Even as you're speaking, and and this is crazy, having done this for freaking how many years, I've been talking to people um, about spirituality, and still, even listening to you talk, when the paranormal element comes up, I still get that kind of little in my gut. So why do you think, you've been doing this a long time, why do you think our reaction oftentimes is one based in fear because most of these encounters don't seem to be in any way dangerous or it's almost like it's the clumsy clumsy crossing of of a boundary and they they don't even realize that they're doing it or um so it's not like they're threatening yet we still have this innate fear mm-hmm. well you know there's many there's many potential reasons and um for, for my role in trying to educate the public through lectures, and I have my own, I had my own television show for a while up here, um, I, just sharing the reality of the paranormal. Um, some, something that I've also learned through just interviewing numerous witnesses that have encountered or seen a spirit, um, it hasn't been of a negative um, effect on them when they've seen a, a you know, just a a ghost walking around doing its whatever it's doing it's never been a frightening thing when people are like they're just they sort of step back and it's like oh my god that's a ghost and later when they think back on it it's, it's not scary there are some scarier elements but your basic ghost um usually isn't of a scary nature and um a spirit encounter it's a different type of energy it's not an earthbound spirit it's a spirit of a loved one perhaps that comes and goes to visit and bring comfort at times those are always a, a warmer encounter they're definitely not of a negative thought but sometimes people want to understand was that really my uncle you know at the end of my bed that I saw um, but there are there are more negative elements um, that perhaps they do even for me um, make me say my prayers at night um, so there, there is a lot of negative out there, and um, and also you think it's been 2,000 years until we've had wonderful technology that we can actually photograph spirits in many forms. Um, so we've had you know maybe 2,000 years or more 
where it's just been a debate, you either had to have the experience and you could say, you know, I saw this or this happened to me, or you were totally skeptical and you would say, that's cr you're crazy. And you think you think about even, um, you know, all the, the people that could see spirit and worked with spirit, they were called witches perhaps, and how were they treated over the years? So many of them were burned or drowned. Uh, you're penalized if you even said you could, could see spirit. So I think it's been something we've been conditioned to be very leery of talking about, and certainly not in mixed company. And um, yeah, you do have to be careful, even to this day, coming out and for me, you know, um, coming out and talking about spirit. Part of you, you have, you're, I'm not so worried about, oh, the ghosts. It's more perhaps different religious groups that were, that have been conditioned that talking about the spirit world is evil and I'm an evil person. Um, there's a lot of misinformation out there and um, those are the things that scare me more so than, than actually, you know, some shadow man that looks like the devil. That's the least of my worries. Yeah, I had a family member that learned that I... Right, so you're, you're less afraid of the non-physical than you are of the actual physical. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah. And, and and they said, "What are you going? You, you're going to start some L. Ron Hubbard thing?" Mm -hmm. And I was like, "What? The two don't even relate." No. But the, but that was the kind of reaction that I got, and that certainly encourages more open communication in the future. Yeah. <laughs> oh, definitely. And um, you know, for me, one of my my biggest skeptics was my father-in-law. You know, <laughs> but, but I've known him for 20 years now, and. You know, when I first met him, he's thought of me as, like, the goofy ghost guy originally. And, you know, his attitude is, well, I don't believe in that stuff. But he comes out to my lectures now, and he says, when you started talking about some of these experiences, he said, I started to wonder about different experiences I had and that maybe I need to be more careful. And when he sees my photographs, he knows I'm not, I'm not out to fool anybody. Um, it makes him think a little bit longer about the paranormal and... He's more, he's less skeptical now, and more on board with. There's some interesting um, energies out there. It's a slow turn, but I think it's coming around. There absolutely is, and I, I, I want to ask you about those in a minute. But I'm, I'm glad you brought up your father-in-law because I want to get back to kind of the beginning. So how do you get? Cause we kind of lost that for a minute, but I'm still interested. How do you get from? Okay, there's this entity in my house to becoming a spirit investigator and how has your wife taken this progression because that must be um an interesting thing to an interesting path to take your family down i would think you know to it become is. A, a paranormal investigator you know that, that's a great question and there's quite a line of division on that subject in in my in my life my family life um well, for me, going back to my haunted apartment and, you know, all of a sudden it's like, yeah, ghosts are real. This is amazing. I'm like, oh, yeah, I want to learn more. Um, but, you know, I didn't even have the Internet 20, 25 years ago. Um, I was I enjoyed reading. And so to learn more about ghosts, I had to go to the secondhand bookstores and read up. But I'll tell you, I'll tell you one more story about my apartment. Um, my, my wife and I are now happily divorced 20-some years and um, the day I was moving out of the apartment... Okay, congratulations. Thank you. 
Um, um, as I'm moving out of the apartment, you're in, you know, I had the elevator in use, and I'm in my own world, just you know, loading boxes into my truck at the back door. And all of a sudden, as I'm as I'm just in my own thoughts, there's just again that feeling, the energy changed, and I look up, and quiet as can be, there was a little old lady watching me, and she, I can remember what she was wearing. She had on a, a tweedish gray three-quarter length coat. And it had um, little flowerettes on it, you know, sort of like a Mary Tyler Moore thing. She had grayish hair down to her shoulders, a little too much makeup. And I'd never seen her in the building before. It's one of those buildings you'd, you'd meet people in the laundry room or in the hallway. Um, never met her before. And, and I didn't think of it for a second. And I just sort of said hello just to let her know I'm just moving, no harm intended. And... Um, I just remember it was very quiet as she passed by me. In fact, it was a little too quiet. And then as she passed the corner to go into the hallway, I thought, no, that can't be. Already I'm thinking, is that my ghost? That's just a little strange. And so I get up and I go to see where this lady went. And she'd only just literally turned around the hallway corner. And as I looked around the corner, there was nobody there. So she was either an Olympian runner in disguise or something, but... I'm pretty sure that was my ghost saying goodbye. <laughs> that, that was really nice. That's a memory I've kept with me. Wow. Um, and so I went on to my next apartment. You know, I had my own my little two-bedroom apartment I moved into. And I'm thinking, this is great. There's probably a ghost here. I didn't encounter spirit in that building. So I had to go out and search. And so I would start reading oh. secondhand books. And, I, and, you know, at Halloween, there's always articles in the paper about local restaurants that are haunted or local ghost stories. And so I found Absolutely. I would yeah, I'd follow up on those and I'd be talking to some restaurant owner about their spirits. And I'd say, oh, yeah, I had a ghost, too. You know, um, and then I found next thing I know, I'm friends with these people and they're giving me the keys to their building and saying, you know, here you go. Let us know what you find. And here I, here I was in the early days, I'd be going down in some dark basement by myself. I probably wasn't even taking a flashlight with me, and I'm thinking to myself, I don't know what I'm doing here. You know, like, what do I do if a ghost does come out? <sighs> so I had to take a step back, and I started, um, you know, pursuing meditation and um, just, just looking, at, looking at, you know, polishing the soul, um, trying to develop psychic abilities, trying to have a greater awareness of energies. And um, so, you know, it was really, it was a, a work in progress, taking baby steps for the last 20-some years. And, um, and just, it just became through word of mouth, because I'd be talking about ghosts, that all of a sudden somebody would say, well, you know, my girlfriend or my grandmother has a problem at their farm or somebody has a problem in their townhouse. And so next thing I know, case after case, I'd go out and I'd start collecting evidence, witness statements, um, taking photographs. Because you can only collect so much evidence. It's either witness statements, um, history of the land, or you can collect audio evidence with your EVPs, or you can collect visual evidence. Very few people have actually compelling video evidence. It's just something about the camera still. But more and more people were getting, um, you'll get more evidence with your basic digital camera um, and you can also collect energy evidence you can take you know temperature readings if you're so inclined or you can take um, energy readings with it 
K2 meter or an electrical magnetic frequency reader um, that tells you where there's some, some floating energy of some kind. Um, so there's only so much evidence you can get, and I guess I've become a specialist with photographing spirit over the years. And there's been a lot of cases. Some of them are scary, some of them are fun, um, but every one of them has been a, a fantastic learning. Well, which brings me to... Yep. Uh-uh. I think we lost Nikki. Let me check. We might have lost. I'm ah. going to ask you before we before we leave tonight um, what one of your favorite experiences has been. Um, but I'm saving that till the end because first I want you to talk a little bit. Huh? We lost you for a second there, my dear. Keep what? going. Hello? Rick, you there? <laughs> oh, no. Ah, uh, see, we, did, we, we oh, talked okay. about the mountains. Okay. Are you back All right, now? Just checking. Just making sure I'm here. I can hear you. Um, oh, yeah. Um, so, I think I'm happens. back. I can hear can, you. Can you hear me? Okay, perfect. Perfect. So, what I want to what I want to know is you talked about the different. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> back, but not so back. Um, yeah, that's that Fortress of Solitude satellite dish on the roof thing we talked about. Um, well, because I, I... Yeah, it is. Okay, yeah. Okay. You're, if you can hear me, I want to get the question in before I get cut out again. <laughs> talk. No. Okay, I'm going to type it into it. the chat room then, and then I'm going to let you ask it. Okay. Okay. And, um... Uh, you see... <laughs> might be going to ask about the scary one. I don't know. Of course, now while she's typing in the question or whatever, she'll probably stay connected without any difficulty. Then okay. seems to we have that luck. Um, Ghosts in the machine. Uh, she asks something. I can still hear you fine. So it's good. <laughs> um, we can we can only hear you until you actually I, oh, ask. A question, and then you immediately cut out. So, look, she was actually going to ask about the same thing that I was going to uh, ask about, but I was going to say, why don't we take a break, uh, since we're right here about the halfway point, and um, we'll play a song, and and, uh, we'll say, send happy thoughts to the Internet in the Fortress of Solitude. And and when we come back, we want to hear something. uh, You know, you talked about spirit encounter and shadow beings, and so... um, We'll uh, talk about some of the different types of entities, uh, different types of energies that uh, that you've encountered, and and uh, and how those things go. Fantastic. Okay, great. Um, and this is also usually, of course, when I ask her what we're going to play. But we'll play pray, uh, play play Earth Prayer <clears throat> from our dear friend Ina B. You can find her at E-N-A-V-I-E dot com. And uh, check her out, because the proceeds from this single, Earth Prayer, uh, she's doing some amazing philanthropic stuff with it. So uh, we'll be right back, folks. Stay with us.
storming here. Uh, it's starting to storm there, is it? Welcome back, everybody. <clears throat> we, uh, I could hear you singing, so I thought everything was going to be fine. And then, of course, now that we're going to talk, it doesn't want to work. Yes. <clears throat> you want me to call you on your landline? Uh, the lack of response would be a yes. <clears throat> so... Sure, go for it. All right. Isn't this fun? Always interesting. Nothing's easy, I find. No. Well, and... Hello. Hey there. Hi. And, and And she lives in a, the area where she lives, the mountains and the, the ground around there is practically just quartz, so... You know, not maybe like imagining one of those gigantic quartz crystals, uh, mm-hmm. folks in the audience, but you know, like uh, it's like she lives inside of a, a geode or something. She's just <laughs> surrounded. So, yeah, the energetics here are very intense at times. Sometimes they're just chilling and calm, but sometimes they can be very intense. And like I said, you can you see things out of the corner of your eye, but it's almost like and. One of the things you said was um, you mentioned dimensional portals and rifts. Yep. And because it really feels like here, it's not like a, a, a presence that's always there. It's like occasionally out of the corner of your eye or you'll be walking through the bush, and it's like you see into like a – it's almost like a quick dimensional glimpse into – it's almost like they, you know, it's kind of like cross the boundary for a split second and then it's gone and it goes away and there's never any feeling of energetic like there would be with a spiritual presence which is why i wanted to ask the question because people don't think about that element of paranormal um investigation and i guess if you're going to do it properly you would have to know enough about every different type of yeah spiritual entity to be able to tell the difference between. Yeah. Right? So I was hoping you'd explain that to our listeners so that they have an understanding Uh that it's not just about, you know, grandma coming to visit to say, you know, the the silver is in the the Mm -hmm. thing under the thing. (laughs) Yeah. Well, no, and that's a a good question because um, I, I spent 20 years of my adult life working in social services and we were trained to pay attention to behaviors and what the antecedent to the behavior was, what factors were involved before there was a behavior, and then again, what you know, what's the consequence of a behavior. And so if you look at that, that's one way you can look at the paranormal as well. You can look at a ghost behavior. You know, there was a certain behavior went on. Well, what was going on before that behavior, either with the the witness or in the household, the environment. There's different factors to take into account. Um, also, you can look at it from, you know, a behavioral escalation scale, you know, um, of how was the ghost, like, you know, was it an acting out behavior? Was it an anxious type of ghost? So I've been able to apply a lot of skills and training from social services into paranormal research and paying attention to the phenomena and everything a witness says I, I value 
And so it's helped me classify a lot of the different encounters. And, you know, yeah, you, you have your, your basic ghost, which is an earthbound attachment to either a person, place, or thing. They can literally be anywhere. And um, something that's interesting about that is a lot of your typical ghosts aren't really the whole soul, you know, roaming around. Like, you know, when you think about, let's say, um, that, that ghost that may ride up in a carriage and get out and walk into her castle every night. Well, I don't think that's the soul doing that. I believe we are all, you know, we have a higher consciousness that when we pass on, we're going to go to a vibration we're meant to go to. But sometimes in life, we have soul fragments that come off, usually of an emotional nature during a time of conflict of, of some kind. That's soul fragment uh, makes state a memory imprint? There's memory imprints, yeah. They're, they're an, I call them an emotional energy imprint, and they're a different type. They're kind of just like a, okay. a television recording. They don't interact with you. All, it's almost just like watching a television show. Um, they're a little bit different from a ghost still. Like somebody yeah. sees somebody jump off the balcony every night yeah. at 3 a.m. for a year. Yeah. Like a, a, a movie that plays at night, except it wakes you up and is weird. Very much so. Yeah, so that's that's one. And, you, and then you've got your, your spirits, which are, you know, somebody that's, that's passed over. They've gone on to the other side. But quite often a lot of uh, relatives may come back to watch over you when you're in your last days, when you're about to pass over too. You may get an increase in spirit activity. Or, um, you know, let's say grandpa might decide to, help you watch out for the kids. If you have a large family, well, Grandpa may have passed over. He's going to help you watch after the kids because he's still kind of waiting around for Grandma to finish her time on this plane and then come over and join him. That's just a little scenario of like how, why a spirit may stay around rather than calling it a ghost. Right. There's, also, there's also a form of a ghost which is kind of like a, a quasi-ghost spirit. It's a little bit of both. It's a uh, it's a spirit that, that may have done something of a, maybe something negative while it was on this plane. Let's say, for example, from a case I worked on, it might be a spirit of a baggage handler at a train station who stole from the baggage. So when his time came and he passed over, he made this contract to stay around on the earth plane for another 40 years to act as a you know, guardian spirit of of that location to watch out, you know, and kind of keep an eye to pay his dues, sort of like help pay off his karmic debt, perhaps. So that's kind of a quasi-ghost spirit. And um, then you get into nature spirits. I have photographs of all these things, by the way, like honest-to-God, authentic, paranormal photographs of a good good wide selection of what I'm talking about. I've encountered um, nature spirits out in places of beauty, the forest, um, I've got large troll beings that, that look, um, you know, they're troll-like, and they live in the forest, and I've got these beautiful, majestic nature spirits that hang out. they sort of resonating their energy with um, trees in particular, I noticed. Um, it's like meditating and, and trying to bring healing to the earth, I think. Um, there's true spirits um, and other, other dimensional beings. Um, there are aliens, which I believe are dimensional travelers. I pick those up quite a bit when, in my research. And, and they have a different energy. A lot of psychics um, 
they're not familiar with the alien energy and I, I notice a lot of psychics sort of when they encounter an alien, alien energy what you usually hear from them is well you know what yeah I know there's a shadow being over in this grove and there's some drunk spirit on the stairway here but there's some energy I just don't understand and and so through my research and bringing in multiple energy workers I'm able to suss out that in some cases I've encountered aliens in a particular area um, there are water spirits that I've encountered they they kind of resemble gargoyles in some way they look like um, they look like a, that character from the Gremlins movie that Steven Spielberg did um, and they have sort of like the the gills at the side of their face almost like that in the creature of the black lagoon but they're they're small, maybe two to three feet tall. Um, and then gargoyles are another phenomenon you can encounter. They seem to be a spirit associated with stone or concrete, and they seem to have a role of, of a guardian. And they tend to have some attachment to a headstone or concrete. So whenever you photograph, if you happen to get one, it'll always be attached to concrete or a stone, a piece of stonework. Then you can get into some weirder phenomena, um, thought forms. And I, I'm very good now at creating thought forms. I can take uh, an image in my mind and I can go out into the night and project my thoughts forward and I can take pictures of the of the air around me and I'll tend to pick up um, that thought form I've created. In some cases, I've gone out and I've tried to create thought forms of Bigfoot and I photograph thought forms of Bigfoot. It's um, it's a fascinating um, validation of how, you know, beware of what you wish for, but also how your thoughts do have life and and there is a power to your intent. So you really should be aware of what your thoughts are. And if you do put focus and direction to your thoughts, almost anything is possible. It may start in spirit, but it will eventually, you know, come to fruition in, in the material world, I believe. Um you just sorry, I gotta say it. You just cinched it for us. We've had every single different type of freaking person we could think of on this show, and they always come back to the same thing. And now, so far out of left field, dude, a paranormal photographer comes on this show and says the same thing. Oh, I love yeah. it. I love it. I love it. I love it. We don't plan this, but. I gotta point it out. See, this is another person to our listeners who's saying yeah. your thoughts yeah. and feelings—they have power. So remember yeah. that. And really, it is part to me of this convergence of science and the quote-unquote paranormal. I think it's all normal. It's just, you know, we just don't understand it. Yeah. Once upon a time, nobody had a clue what an ultraviolet ray was, so nobody knew anything about that. Yeah. Now it's. We talk about it all the time. I'm going to put on my sunscreen. Mm-hmm. And and it, but once upon a time, if you had something that could keep you from getting sunburned when you went out in the sun, you were a wizard. Mm-hmm. Burn you at the stake. Uh, yeah. So. yeah, and this is true, right? And and you think you, when you think about when you think about people who talk about thoughts and feelings manifesting into reality, they're usually spiritual leaders or uh, what some people like to refer to as gurus, but we don't like that word, um, or New Agers, not really fond of that word either, uh, lightworkers, eh, still a label, whatever. But 
we've had authors, we've had, um, you know, shaman, okay, that's a spiritual leader, but we've had normal, everyday, ordinary people who just happen to be the type of people who wanted to do something good in the world, so they started, like, a charitable organization that's changing lives, so we bring them on. And sometime during the show, they say, you know, it, it boils down to the choices and your perceptions and the way that you view things and your thoughts and your feelings about things, and that, that's where your power lies. It always boils down to that, that at the end of the day, somebody, every single guest has brought it up. I totally didn't expect it from you. Not at all. Really? Not at No. Well, because I was thinking, typically paranormal investigator, we're going to talk about the paranormal, and that's really cool, and what you do, the photography and everything, and we got to direct people to your site so that they can see this stuff. Um, but I wasn't expecting that element of it. So well, it okay. just goes to show you that it's in every aspect of our lives mm-hmm. if we just take a second to pay attention to it. Yeah. Well, for me personally, um, aside even from from doing paranormal research, I, I I clued into the power of intent and manifestation, instant manifestation almost. Um, I learned in my early 30s that I saw. I, I see. I'm the type of person. I call myself a pain in the ass Virgo, and I I, I pay attention to patterns. Um, you know, I got one of these minds that. I, I make note of things, and so I see patterns, and I'm very good at extrapolating, to borrow from, I guess, Star Trek. I can extrapolate a little bit further, but um, from in my own life, which is something you are an, an expert on, um, I was aware of how when my back was really up against the wall and I needed help from the universe, and I saw that every time I cried out for help with a sincere cry for help, a prayer if you wish, help came like a lightning bolt. I was never denied. And and some actually I've seen miracles in my own personal life. And as you go along, you you sort of put the dots together and you're like, wow, this is real powerful stuff. And so then you do start applying it to um, to your paranormal research and you um you realize also then the next step is you should become aware of well, everything negative that's happened to me, you can see how you also brought it into your own life through your own thoughts, through the words you choose, through your actions. Um, so, yeah, it, it's 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 quite a it's the, it is the most powerful secret in the world, perhaps. Yeah. So, and I didn't mean to interrupt your, you talking about all these different forms, but I really, I just had to point it out. I, I totally didn't expect it from paranormal investigator. Well, I, I was going to say, I think it's cool, too, that it sort of comes in the midst of all these other things that, you know, thought forms, thought manifestations, but you're also talking about spirits and, you know, different things, and, and it because some people try to make it an all or an all or nothing game, a one or the other sort of thing, and right, like it's it's either this or that or this or that, but it's never it, it's very difficult for people to accept it. Why can't it be this and that and that and that and that and that? I mean, why do why how can we look at our planet, our physical reality, with all its amazing diversity, and think that the spiritual planes would be any different? Yeah. 
Oh, it's it's amazing out there. And I'm going to tell you something else. Like, you know, I really want to promote people to to use their digital cameras to get their own evidence too. Spirits everywhere, and your your camera is going to pick it up. All this evidence we're talking about, um, whether it's a thought form or if it, um, you know, I'm just not talking about something I've hallucinated. I'm talking about things I pick up in my camera and say when I go out and I get these little water-looking gargoyles around water, it certainly isn't a hallucination that I've gone out there with. I'm blown away when I see this stuff. Um, I try to remain indifferent when I go out to places so that I don't project my thoughts or my intent onto a site. Um, because cause I, I believe we can influence research. Like when you think of Schroeder's um, cat, you know, um, how you can how you can change the course of an experiment um, just by by your thoughts and your observations. You have to be aware of that with with the paranormal because you're dealing with literally quantum energies that can be affected by thought. And even when we have encounters with spirit, when you're seeing something, what you're really seeing is a thought form from spirit. That's their thoughts and how they want to be perceived. So it's two ways. So we can send them information. They send us their information that way too. Um, and a lot of the orbs, you know, you talk about the, the, the orb phenomena, a lot of paranormal researchers um, just discard orb phenomena. They say it's um, like, you know, the little circular flashes you get in your flash at night in your camera. They're saying it's just insects, it's pollen, it's dust, it's moisture. And, you know, some of the stuff you get is that, but when you start seeing faces with noses, eyes, ears, mouths, and and sometimes they're, they're, it's a face that you recognize as a family member, those are very much, I call those orbs of interest, and they're spirit orbs. And, um, and I find with working with the spirit frequency, you can get those coming in, those, those um, departed loved ones, spirit attachments. If a person has a, a negative attachment on them, those will come out in photography as well. Um, there's so much phenomena out there, and everything that I've been talking about, anybody can capture with their basic digital point-and-shoot camera. Um, it's, it's something anybody can see. You just have to take the time to look at your photos on your on your computer monitor. That's the trick to it. Now, what about we're, we're, we've been curious, we've been actually kind of talking about this for the last little while, and we think it's going to be becoming more and more visible for normal everyday people. But I'm just wondering because you're already picking up a lot of these energies through your photography. Are you noticing an increase in auras around people as well? Are you auras? Yeah. Are you starting to pick up on the camera the auras from people energetically? You know, yeah. No, yeah. Well, I do with energy workers, so maybe people that are a little more enlightened that way. Um, I, I, you know, and it's, it's interesting with a lot of energy workers. If, I call it if they fire up, sometimes they'll just come out with a burst of orbs around them, or we'll get rather than orbs, we'll just get the the white light circles around them coming up. Um, and and so yeah, I do see that in general. Though I do, I'm very good at reading auras, and. Um, and I try to I try to encourage people to pursue that. It's a great little skill to learn. Say if you're wanting to read your employer, to know when a good time is to ask for a raise, perhaps, or you know, a good time maybe to talk to the spouse. Um, aura reading is great, and I think aura reading 
is the next step. Well, it's the first step to perhaps channeling spirit. When you when you start reading auras, it's just a natural progression that you're going to start channeling spirit, doing the same technique, to be honest. So, yeah. Sort of a more detailed focus or, or another part of that same yeah, it, well, it's, muscle. Because I, I believe it's a muscle that just gets exercised and and... Because I think everybody, I think it's an innate characteristic. Bingo, yeah. It, it's, it, it is. It's like a muscle you're conditioning. Yeah. And, yeah, well, I mean, uh, everybody has it. It's just not everybody chooses to use it. Some people are actually scared of it. Well, a lot of us are scared well, of it. Look, it's, Rick, you fought it. Cameron fought it. I fought it. I, we haven't had a guest on the show who hasn't who hasn't had that moment of, I must be losing my mind. I can't, no, I'm not going to do this for a living. And yet you end up at the at the end of it all accepting and embracing and taking that journey because it ends up being really fun and interesting. But for those who are scared of it, of course, you know, I mean, they're not going to. But I think everybody has it, and and it changes. It changes the dynamic of how you interact with people because you can literally walk into a room and know who it's safe, quote, unquote, to talk to in that moment. Well, remember, remember Carlos Castaneda talking about, you know, reading, um, you know, the power, the power position where you can go into a room and you can see where where the perfect where you're meant to sit in that room. Right. I think I think that's like reading the aura of a room almost, and it is the same thing. You you can pick up on like energies, and um, yeah, aura reading is phenomenal. I, I highly suggest people pursue it. Your, and your I, work is so dynamic. I mean, you're not your everyday. I would like to encourage. I think he probably is more your, your everyday paranormal investigator. It's just not what's depicted on television. Okay. No. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. But yeah. I, it's really di- it's dynamic. It's such a diverse. It's a science, to be honest. Cool. Yeah, I was going to say I would encourage people to. Uh, it's it's helpful to have terms like aura reading and things to be able to communicate with each other. But really, it's just I think it's just energy. It's just energy on frequencies that we've been hitherto unaware of or suppressed or, you know, like the ultraviolet rays, the microwaves and. Okay, well then, since you're on that subject, let's talk about infrared energy, infrared light rays, because that's one of the, the key areas of study I'm involved in, and um, I've noticed with, like, you know, with my camera, why digital cameras are picking up so much paranormal information now is because your your digital camera um, will actually photograph infrared energy, light energy, and what it does is it converts it to a light source that you can see with your eyes. So you're not looking at real infrared, but it converts it to an image you can see, whether it's on your monitor and your computer um, or on your camera screen. So that's really fascinating. I think a lot of the energies we are encountering are just the tip of the iceberg. They're on that infrared level. And when you think of infrared and you think of the red chakra, I think we're what we're photographing is the astral plane. And... Um, and something else that's fascinating with the infrared is a quality I pick up with um, photographs. I always tell people to, 
you know, work the windows, work mirrors, work work a room from a distance or a landscape from a distance, but certainly work the windows because if there is paranormal energies around and they're in that astral plane or that infrared plane, what's really cool is when the light bounces off them, that infrared light as it passes through a window or through a mirror, a really cool quality that glass has, glass made out of like um, quartz sand basically, silica I guess, um, it has a unique quality. It's fantastic for letting translucent light come through, but it absorbs infrared energy. And so it will hold that infrared energy in a, in a form like an outline of a being longer. So if you work windows, you're picking up more beings that are hanging around on the astral plane, and you're getting that infrared energy as it passes through glass, whether it's a mirror or a window, those, the glass is actually absorbing that infrared energy. It's a slower energy that passes through. It holds it a little bit longer, absorbs it. Um, it's phenomenal, and uh, that's why, again, people are getting a lot of ghosts in windows, why you see them a little bit better in mirrors, and uh, certainly why we're getting them in cameras um, with the with the infrared technology of the camera, as opposed to shooting with a film camera. That yes, it's it's photographing infrared and ultraviolet, but it's not converting it to an image we can see. So, you know, you really would have to be psychic to pick up on infrared on a paranormal image in a photograph with film photography, basically. But um, so I just wanted to share that just because you were talking about ultraviolet yeah. and the other energies. Well, because it, it, it's it's true they're right outside of our visual range, but we anybody that's gotten close to one of those you know sun lamp things in a bathroom, one of those orange lamp things in the ceiling of a bathroom, you know that it's you know it's really not that bright. It, if you turn that on by itself, the room's still kind of dark, but you put your arm under there and, wow, <clears throat> more than you'd get off of a bright white light. So, you know, mm-hmm. it's really there. It's just right outside of what we, and and that's what's just right outside. You know, the electromagnetic spectrum goes yeah. conceivably to like forever. But even yeah. our technology is able to pick up right now. But and, and so that brings up another that brings up another question for me. I mean, we know that as a society, we're always progressing and evolving, and our understanding or our ability to connect with these energies is evolving. So, has our has our technology just simply like evolved along with us to the point where now we're able to use it because it's time for us to do that? Like it's it's almost so. like like the timing. It might be something that saves us as a civilization, to be honest, um, because there are, you know, I'm a very positive person in general, but when I look around me, there's a lot of negativity in the world. And a lot of the cases, I'd say 90% of the cases I go out to have a form of energy, which is a um, shadow being. They don't like to be called people. And I've got photographs of all these different shadow beings. And I know them very well because they've, communicated to me through people that they were possessing or attached to and they, they're showing up in the photographs I've got great visuals um, 
they they are the ones that, that are going to make or break our They're such a negative influence in our, in our lives. And whether a person or is the paranormal, certainly out there and interacting with us. And I really hope that through getting my message out about paying attention to your photographs, seeing what's what's around you and and through the spirit photography or paratography that I do, I can pick up on health concerns in photographs now. Um I can pick up on um uh spirit attachments of a negative sort. And again working with that spirit frequency um, I can get those negative attachments to step outside of the person and they show up in your photographs and then that can tell you that what you're dealing with because these shadow beings I don't want like I don't like to scare people I don't like to go on about devils or demons but if you're familiar with Carl Jung and, and his studies on the shadow projections of the shadow self they're very they're very very real and he even hinted at that they go off and they can become bigger than we can even imagine. And a shadow being is really a negative thought form that we give birth to at some point. It's a negative thought we put out there in the world. But what happens is when we when we negate it and we don't need it anymore, perhaps, it goes on and it looks for a like energy that created it, whether it was love, rage, um, grief, um, tragedy, emotional tragedy of some kind. So they'll haunt they'll haunt cemeteries, nursing homes, schoolyards, and they'll attach themselves to somebody. And and when they've communicated to me, their message is, is that they are Seth-like. They And Seth is, they're referring to Seth, the original ginger-haired devil, um, who is the god of chaos and destruction. So they're not saying they really are Seth. They're not trying to fool us, but they have said that they are Seth-like. So their whole role is they recognize themselves as the unwanted child that we've given birth to, and they're going to keep us in in a perpetual state of chaos and destruction when they attach themselves into our lives. And when you have one shadow being or an attachment like that in your life, not only is it affecting that one person, but it's affecting the other people in that household. And I think that's what's causing a lot of grief in the world today. And, I, and again, I, I do believe that they are the things that, that make or break civilizations. And um, that's part of the message I bring to my lectures is trying to encourage people to be aware of their thoughts, to be aware of their intent. And when they go out in the world, perhaps when they go through the drive through and that, that clerk says, you know, they throw the coffee at you and spill it all over you and then say, you know, have a nice day. Um, you know, you kind of take your time and say, you know what, same to you and thank you very much and go on and, and try to spread some good in your day. And, right. Um, so there is Rather a, than react and perpetuate. Yeah, um, that person might have had a bad day or, or you know, it could have been a shadow being manipulating their um, their energy their lives and we haven't even really got into them but they are the they are the worst things out there and um i think if carl young was alive today we'd be out taking photographs together in the night <laughs> you know? he would have made a hell of a guest oh god <laughs> oh yay <laughs> we'd have had to have more than 90 minutes to oh, be sure, for sure. 
actually had a our high school English teacher um, made us study him for whatever reason. <laughs> Uh, wow, that was my my grade eleven year. It was all about Carl Jung and his I, dude had some stuff going on. Yeah, yeah, and he keeps he he comes around often on the on our shows. You know, we just yeah. had this uh, Charles on for uh, symbolism in sacred geometry. Yeah, and um, he was inspired by Joseph Campbell, which inspired him to go look at Carl Jung, and off he went. Mm-hmm. And it, it, but I do believe, and 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 I'm curious as to your opinion on this. It, it appears to me, let me say it that way, that science and parascience and psychology and parapsychology, and that these things are having a tendency to, to we're getting to the all roads lead to Rome syndrome of paranormal investigators are talking about frequencies and uh sensitivity range and uh frequency shifting in cameras and and scientists are talking about, you know, thought forms and you know, I I happen I to believe with the crowd that I went to language. the crowd that I went to school with, I happen to believe that that most quantum physicists when nobody's looking sit around and you know, poke the table because mm-hmm. they still can't believe it's really there, because yeah. they know it's not. <clears throat> yeah. Well, you know what? Um, oh, you got me thinking about something there. Um, I just lost it though. Um, yeah, I, I for me, I've always been uh, a little upset that you know ghost research is lumped in with the pseudosciences, the false sciences. When you know, and I, and I used to take take offense that you know it was grouped in with Bigfoot researchers. Um, or maybe Aleister Crowley, you know, the occult crowd, and um, and UFOs and aliens. But and it's funny though, when you do get into it, um, you do find, you know, I've got some photographs of aliens I wasn't expecting. Um, I've created thought forms of Bigfoot, and I get a lot of gorillas showing up in my photographs for some reason. And then I get people coming to me with reports of um, seeing Bigfoots just along the highway about you know, within a 100-kilometer radius of where I live. So I've got to plan a Bigfoot expedition just to see if I can get something of a paranormal nature there. Um, back, to the, back to the sciences and how everything's converging. Yeah, I think things are catching up um, and coming together, and I think we are going to come into a time of enlightenment of sorts with the technology. It may be a godsend in the end for, for some of those naysayers because... When you put a camera in the hands of a skeptic and say, okay, well, you know, just spend a couple hours in this cemetery and take some pictures and check them out. And then you start getting specters, hooded shadow beings coming up out of the ground. And, you know, you can tell there's no special effects at, at play there. Um, even the most skeptical person has to step back and say, wow, that's amazing. And tying it all in together... And all these things coming together, I'll be honest with you, uh, one of the secrets I've found is sound resonance. And a lot of spirits get their foot in the world, into our physical world. They focus on places where there's um, there are points where the sound resonates. So 
you know, in a haunted home, I know some of the key places to look for. They, I used to think that spirits would come into a home and they were getting an energy boost from the fuse box or the TV or the fridge. But what it was, they weren't needing, they are energy. They don't need energy to feed off because you are energy. So you're a type of energy, but what you're doing is you're, you're putting your vibration, you're resonating with the vibration of a television set that even when it's turned off, there's still enough energy in it that as a spirit, you can resonate your energy with it and you can lock into this physical realm. Think of it as teleporting from their realm into our realm. Um, and a lot of them hang out around fuse boxes. It's not because they need to feed off the energy. They need to resonate with the energy. And it goes back even when you think of the shamans um, dancing around the fire and they're banging their drums and chanting. It was all sound resonance to call in the spirit to make a common common ground for the physical and the, and the spirit world to resonate together. Um, it all comes down to sound resonance, to be honest. And when I talk about this mysterious um, sound frequency or spirit frequency I found, um, the shortest way to describe it is it's the spirit frequency is the sound of laughter. And spirit just comes through on it, especially with women. They have a higher pitch laughter than men. Um, but it comes down to all these things, all these sciences um, need to focus on sound resonance, to be honest. And sorry, I just walked sometimes. No, no. And no, that's amen totally to makes that. Sense, because, yeah. Well, it it we've had uh, Daryl Anka on the show, who channels an entity he calls Bashar. Sort of makes a point of saying, look, it doesn't matter. I think he is what I think he is, but it doesn't matter what you think. Just evaluate the information. And I've always appreciated that about him. But when you ask Bashar how to, you know, to describe what's going on with channeling, he says, you know, the channel has been taught a technique to raise his frequency. I've been taught a technique to lower my frequency. Our two frequencies go into resonance, go into lockstep. Right. And... It's not so much I transmit a thought. Our frequencies go into resonance. The same thought occurs to both of us at the same time. Yeah. And to me, that's a mental description or a mental a activity of, you know, the second tuning fork beginning to vibrate because the first one was vibrating. And yeah. I think that you can equate that also with, um, I, like, my husband and I have this crazy connection. We're out to dinner the other night, we're playing hangman. I know the word three times in a row, but it's his turn to guess the letter. And we're with my daughter, and she's, you know, she's making us guess. And I've got, I'm looking at him, and I'm holding the letter. And I think that it's the same thing when there's a, a, a that kind of psychic connection between a couple or two friends. Mm-hmm. I think it's because you're on the same frequency. Yeah. So it's not so much that I'm transmitting the the letter to him. It's that we're both matching in a frequency of knowing what the answer is, so he knows through me what the next letter is. Does that make sense? Because it's stuff like, that makes sense to me, as opposed to me going, you know, this is, you know, him getting into my head and pulling the answer from my head, because I'm sending it to him. 
it would make more sense to me that we would match frequency, which would also explain why some people see aliens and some people don't. Some people see ghosts and some people don't. Some people see multidimensional beings, some people don't. And it's a question of being able to be in the right frequency at the right time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I, I can relate with you on the, the spousal connection um, very much so. Um, did experiments with the wife, and some we, we played with, well, um, my, my second wife, and um, we used to experiment with telepathy cards, and we would be bang on. You couldn't, you, like we couldn't fool each other. We were just bang on with those things, the Zener cards. And um, another on another level, when we would play just basic cards together, Rummy or something, she used to think I cheated because I was just very good at tuning into her frequency. And I could I could literally call a card. It would just blow her mind. She thought I was cheating. And I, I just went with the flow of the energy. And I could call a card before it came out of the out of the pack. And So, yeah, I see that. And I think, yeah, that resonance of love is a big factor also. Love helps a lot. Absolutely, absolutely. Usually the connections are between people who are really close, be it a mother and child, um, mm-hmm. you know, spouses or a couple or really good long-time friends. And everybody's had that experience where they pick up the phone to call a friend and the phone rings and their friend calls you and you're like, oh, I was just about to call you. And you're like, yeah, I know, me too. Um, and we've all had that experience. Mm-hmm. And, you, you know, and I think that really what it is it's you're on the same and, and we even have a, a term for it that we've used for a long long time i'm on the same wavelength you're on the same wavelength as me so we recognize that it's a frequency that we're talking about yet we don't equate that really common thing that people fling around all the time with this explanation that you know the scientists and spiritual leaders, teachers, depending on what your practice or belief system is, they're all saying the same thing. But we don't equate that common saying with that Well, it's because we're all having the school kid confusion between wavelength and frequency. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Right? But you hear people say it all the time. We're on the same wavelength. Yeah. You understand what I'm saying? We're on the same wavelength. No, I agree. It's a saying that we use in society because we have an innate understanding of what this stuff is, yet we have yet to balance it out into our and bring it out into our everyday living, so to speak, um, and, and talk about it and actually recognize it for what it is. And I think it's really cool that you're doing that, doing the job that you do, uh, because it's, once again, it's, it's that, to, to me, it's that connection to it's, it's in everything. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter what you do for a living; that that's going to pop up at some point. Yeah, it's all just the interpretation of vibration. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sound, sight. Yeah, something's yeah. vibrating, and we have a particular piece of us that senses that. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> even every every organ in our body has a different vibration and frequency, you know, and and so maybe when one of those frequencies are out of whack, that's what healers pick up on. You know, they can tune into that frequency not being 
being doing what it's doing. It's not purring the way it should, like a motor would. Um, and yeah, and one neglected organ often tends to lead to cascade organ failure. Well, yeah, there's somebody out of tune in the orchestra. Pretty yeah. soon, everybody's got a headache. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow, we could like go on with this for days. Yeah. We're gonna have to have you back, man. Cause oh, love to, love sadly, to. Sadly, we're out of time, and we have to tell people how to find you and how to find your photography. Cause um, what you do is amazing and it's awesome, and I'd love to have you back to get more in depth with this. Cause you've taken one hell of a journey, and I want to hear more about it. To be quite honest, I want to get more into the not so much the mechanics of what you do but I want, I want to get into the juicy of that mm-hmm. this must have been a really interesting progression for you yeah um, you know I, I think I've been fooled by spirit and um, I've learned from it yeah it's been a great journey And but you know what if you're living in the wild I just want to encourage you you know you've got the portal activity take your camera out there because you can use your camera to track portal activity and when you start photographing around portals, eventually, the more you just take photos, you're going to get a spirit coming through. I'm going to try that. I'm going to try that. And maybe that will justify for our listeners the crazy random times that my dogs just go off, yeah. like tonight, where they're like just freaking out for no reason. I don't even know what's going on. Um, well, and particularly if they, you know, when you have multiple animals and they're freaking out in the same direction, you know, if Chico's barking at one window and another dog over here, and it, but they all run to one corner of the house. They always go to the same direction, and they'll sit there, and they'll stare into the bush. And we'll, they do this all the time. We'll be outside playing cards or whatever, and we'll be staring off into the bush going, I'll be like, baby, can you see it? And he's like, I don't see it. I don't know what's, <laughs> what. And the both dogs will be just, like, sitting there haunched, growling, and, like, don't come here. And we can see nothing. See, there it goes again. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> well, well, I want to thank you both for um, having me on. It's been a great time, and I'll um, gladly come back anytime. And the best way for folks to uh, find you and your work would be? Awesome. We have many podcast listeners, like many times as many as, as come live, so, so I've been popping links in and out of the chat room. But Well, um, the best way to find me is simply on Facebook at... Uh, Cameron Bag B A G G, and um, I'll be the serious-looking guy with um, I don't know, probably a phone or a camera in my hand or something. But um, if you check on, you know, I post all my photos really. So if you're curious about what a Mothman or the Dover Demon looks like, or angels or thought forms or nature spirits, I tend to post them on uh, Facebook, and because um, I think it's important for people to see what's out there. Um, you don't have to believe what I post, but I swear they're the real deal. But I try to encourage people, go out and get your own evidence. It's out there. And I love that about you. You're, I mean, you're right in line. with We're always saying on the show, we don't care if you believe us or not. You don't have to believe what we believe. Go out and figure out your own bloody truth, you know. But, but, it's, it's out there for you to find. But so, I do believe that there's more going on than meets the eye. Absolutely. Literally and figuratively. And Absolutely. that's the the question everything philosophy to me. Which which to me is rooted in I was a science brat. I was a math and science brat. Mm-hmm. And what's the only thing you consistently hear? 
It's question, question, why? Yeah. And and I believe if you follow that breadcrumb trail long enough, you always step in a little woo on the way. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha. You're getting a little wooey, a little wooey, but it is how it works, so to speak. So, we have people coming. We do. I actually, the only thing that did not go off on my computer um, is the schedule. It's still up. Oh wow! Mostly because so cool. I haven't tried to update it, or else it would crash on me. Because everything else I don't have access to. Um, I do before we um, before we do the schedule. I want to give a shout out to my friend Beener for recommending this guest. You nailed that one, like, hammer right on the head of the nail. Good job. Excellent guest. Can't wait to have you on the show. She's coming up soon. Um, but this week, uh, tomorrow night, I'm excited about this one, too. I'm excited about all our guests, but... <laughs> I was going to say, um, what a surprise. What a surprise. I'm excited. She's excited about a guest coming. What? Um, Brian O'Neill, uh musician from the States who randomly decided, and I guess we'll find out tomorrow why and how, but that there were homes out there and there were people out there without homes and homes without people, and why not let's let's, let's just put them together. So um, he puts families in homes, families who have lost Rev- their homes or who have... Revolutionary idea. ...traumatic experiences. Um, he goes out and he gets people to donate furniture and clothing and stuff to get these people back on their feet. So he doesn't go and ask for money. He goes out and asks for the things that these people need. And I think that's awesome because, quite frankly, we all have too much bloody stuff. So let's give some of our stuff to people who don't have stuff instead of spending money so they can buy new stuff. Let's just, it's yeah, let's stop making stuff and let's start using the stuff that we already have. And we get to hear from him what it's like to share the stage with Stevie Wonder and NDRE and I didn't know that. Shaka Khan. You know yeah, see, we don't let you do homework on guests. but let me do homework. So, Kate, I wanted so you to really be excited. He's not just a musician who saves lives and cages lives. He's some famous guy. Who knew? I didn't know. I never know. So, And then <laughs> on, on the next day after that, because Brian O'Neill and, and Camera Bag aren't nearly exciting enough, uh, we have to hit you guys with our 200th episode. And um, we're going to be introducing Shauna Lovely, who's going to be heading up um, the new video element of Everyday Connection, and she's going to be our face for Stranger Connection. We're going to take a camera, take Shauna, put and her all in of our guests should and find out what happens. Tune in because Shauna's taking over the calendar. Because yeah. now Jean knows why I passed it to her. <laughs> now she's, she's had it. Be- She's and I don't want it back. Scheduling. Um, and she's also going to be uh, doing, interestingly enough, part of her being introduced to the show is that you guys have heard me talk about the art studio that we're planning on building. Shauna's going to be running the art studio and yoga studio. And she's going to be here building it. And she's also going to be taping the build. So that is going to be an element as well. We're going to bring her on at the beginning of the episode so you won't have to listen to Rick and I banter about nothing anymore. Shauna's going to come on and give us updates on how this whole process works on taking a home that's already here and turning it into a self-sustainable artistic studio. Fortress of Solitude up there. Right, because that's 
you know, that's what she's coming to do with me. So this is going to be a really fun, and she's absolutely nuts. You're going to, uh, and <laughs> I say that lightly, um, she's a lot of fun. Um, she's, 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 she's very honest. She's very blunt. She's straight from the heart. She's not going to be F you, and that's why we're giving her a camera and putting her in the public. So um, this is one to tune into because she's, she's had some experiences with dealing with the whole they think I'm mentally unstable, and so they're going to put me in the hospital. So she's going to talk about that, too, um, and, and she's going to talk about what she's learned about some of these so-called mental disorders. So this is one to tune into because she's she's a lot of fun, but she's, um, she can be pretty deep. She and she's, she's the one, bit. for two years now, you've heard Jane talking about her sister-daughter. Yes. That would be Shauna. That's Sister my daughter. daughter. She's the she's the she's the the next that, that completes the Trinity. She's she's the other that completes. There's always, always been a Trinity, and here it is. So um, she's she's going to be a lot of fun. So that'll be a great show, and what a great way to celebrate our 200th episode. Uh, and then the week after, we have another three week show, and it looks like we're going to be doing Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday from now till who knows when. So now till. Keep your eyes on the calendar. The cows come home or George changes our minds. Right. And make it easier on yourself, guys. Just go to iTunes. Get subscribed. Get the shows delivered. Makes your life easier. Fresh connection every, you know, what, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday morning now. Right. And then you don't have to go out hunting or, you know, I mean, I know we, we all have busy lives, especially a lot of us creators. We you don't want to, if you're feeling like painting tonight, you're not going to want to be on having to make the live show. We get that. I'm an artist. I'm a writer. I That's why that. sometimes we tell you, look, this is one you really need to make live because you're going to want to do the question and answer thing. Right. It, there's always great questions we get from you guys whenever you join us live, and we love to have you. But uh, we know how it is, too. We do and this podcast thing, so make it easy. Go to iTunes, subscribe, yeah. Everyday Cash like Radio. It's last free. week, 1,300 some odd of you. Right. So... Yeah. Our our pod nuts. Do that. We love uh, our pod nuts. Yes. yes. So, join us uh, again, wow, tomorrow. <laughs> and uh, an hour earlier, right? Uh, no, I've got them scheduled in for... No, wait. Yes. yes. An hour earlier. Yes, it is an hour earlier. So seven, that would be seven, you East I wonder if people. I did that right. I'll have to double check that. Yes, an hour Yes, be sure and check that because I've followed <laughs> your instructions and put it on it an hour earlier. So sure. stay tuned for updates. <clears throat> and I just want to say thanks again for uh, joining us, Cam. And uh, uh, we have a guest in the chat room, Lynn, who has also put in great job, Cam. So uh, looking forward to having you back. Well, this was fun. We'll do it again. Okay, thanks, guys. I bid you a good night then. All right. So... Join us tomorrow night, folks, and until then. To our mother, to each other, and especially to yourselves, stay connected. Good night, everybody. Good night. We hope you'll join us again next time. Until then, visit our website at everydayconnection.me. And please like our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash Everyday Connection. Think you might miss an episode? No problem. 
Subscribe to our show on iTunes by searching for Everyday Connection Radio. Subscriptions are free, just like your Everyday Connection. to ask the biggest question of your life the only question before that question how do you find the perfect ring to ask it with with the incredible selection of diamonds at jared and our price match guarantee you can dare to stop searching and find the perfect diamond at a price you'll love visit your local jared store today and dare to be devoted we promise to match any price on a like loose certified diamond of the same quality from any other jewelry retailer see jared.com slash price match for details so you're ready to ask the biggest question of your life, the only question before that question. How do you find the perfect ring to ask it with? With the incredible selection of diamonds at Jared and our price match guarantee, you can dare to stop searching and find the perfect diamond at a price you'll love. Visit your local Jared store today and dare to be devoted. We promise to match any price on a like loose certified diamond of the same quality from any other jewelry retailer. See jared.com slash price match for details.